0: The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.
1: Welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today
2: is Dr. Lynette Watkins. How are you today, Lynette? Tara, I am doing well today, and thank you for inviting me to be on your show. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for coming. Um, So a
1: lot of people in the community know you to be the uh, executive chief executive at Cooley Dickinson Hospital. And so when did you arrive here? I feel like you've been here forever. And yet I know that that's not true.
2: So, Tara, it has been a pleasure to be here, and time has flown. Um, I started in September of 2021, so it's been almost a year and a half, and I have very much enjoyed being a part of the community and leading a wonderful organization that uh, we're incredibly proud of that provides great services to the community.
1: Well, we are very lucky to have you, and it does not feel like that short of time. It feels like a lot longer to me, so... Um, I'm glad you're here, but you have come from many different places. Um, I know that you started, you grew up in Indiana. Is that true? Um,
2: actually, St. Louis, okay. St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. But I am a Midwesterner by background and uh, grew up there and went to medical school in Kansas City, Missouri. And my first uh, time in New England was training as a resident in ophthalmology at Massachusetts Ioneer Infirmary, and uh, then uh, completed a fellowship in facial plastic surgery at University of Iowa, and then was back on faculty at Mass Eye and Ear for four years before going into private practice outside of Indianapolis. So um, it's been uh, terrific. It's been a a whirlwind. And uh, then I transitioned into healthcare administration and was in South Bend, Indiana for a few years before moving to the Southwest uh, and was chief medical officer of several facilities in Arizona and then in Texas before coming here to New England. And it's been wonderful to be back. And that's a lot. That's a lot of
1: travel. I mean, I, I kind of got lost in all of that. That's a lot of different
2: roles at a lot of different places. But it's been incredible, and I feel very fortunate to have experienced and had the opportunity to get the training and background uh, to to bear, to bring to Cooley Dickinson and to our community um, the very best of my expertise and, and experience, and because that's what our community deserves, world-class healthcare care. And I'm completely committed to bring my best self uh, to, to lead just a terrific organization. And so
1: chief executive officers, do they normally come from private practice backgrounds would you say that you're one of of the majority or one of a minority in healthcare administration
2: well it, it's very interesting the vast majority of healthcare leaders particularly presidents chief executive officers chief operating officers are often not physicians there may be other clinical leaders that serve in these roles but it's actually i wouldn't say it's the exception but much less common. Um, now in the New England area and particularly at Mass General Brigham, we have several physician leaders who serve in executive positions. In Klebanski, who's president and CEO of Mass General Brigham, is a physician, a physician leader. Dr. David Brown, who comes from the Pioneer Valley and from Amherst and went to Amherst High School and is president of Mass General Brigham. He was also our interim chief executive officer and and president and was my immediate predecessor. The president of Brigham and Women's, Dr. Bob Higgins, is a physician by background as well. So while it does not occur often, we are extremely proud uh, to have several physician leaders uh, as leaders of facilities uh, and entities within Mass General Brigham. And I again I feel very fortunate having the opportunity to lead Cooley Dickinson. And so is it
1: something that you feel like is a trend that is increasing the physician leadership?
2: I, I would say overall there are more physicians that more now more than ever that are interested in leading hospitals and healthcare systems. And that's incredibly important. That's not to say that other disciplines Uh, don't have a lot of the talent and skill set to lead, but physicians have a unique perspective and um, are really key to the delivery of, of care. So it's important that as physicians or as nursing leaders or particularly clinical specialties in general that we understand everything that goes into leading a hospital or healthcare organization.
1: Yeah, I think it's really important to sort of learn by doing and also by knowing. You know, you don't know what you don't know, but as a doctor, as someone who has practiced in the medical field, you would know as a leader what the exact pain points are of certain groups or positions. Um, So I think it it does bring a lot of value. You're right. Um, One thing that I heard you say when you were talking about your work history was that you had a bit of
2: plastic surgery, Yes. Training, is that part of being an ophthalmologist? It is a subspecialty of ophthalmology, and um, the formal name is oculofacial plastic surgery. So, uh, a lot of people think of um, ophthalmology as uh, surgery on or inside the eye, and that's absolutely correct. But there's also a subspecialty of ophthalmology called oculofacial plastic surgery which deals with everything around the eye. So the eyelids, the eyebrows, the tear drainage system, those are some of the areas that my subspecialty um, works on, whether it's um, uh, disorders from aging or um, congenital issues or, unfortunately, benign and malignant tumors. A lot of skin cancer work, a lot of reconstructive work. But um, it's very it's very exciting. It's it's very subspecialized, and I greatly enjoyed my time um, practicing in the subspecialty.
1: It sounds like a very um, special sort of uh, practice, and it's really interesting. I think that. Um, there's a lot going on in the uh, eye doctor and ophthalmology world around here lately. I don't know if you pay attention to that at all, but I feel like there are a lot of private practices that are closing or either getting purchased by my eye doctor. Um, and I didn't know if you had any opinions about that, but you know, it seems to be more and more difficult to, to find an, an ophthalmologist or get in. And um, I didn't know if you had any insight into that particular you know,
2: I, I don't have any direct insight into what's happening locally, but healthcare across the country is in a state of transition. And whether it is a specialty or subspecialty or hospitals or healthcare system, this is a time of transition. And so many things have occurred. We're in a new phase of the pandemic, the pandemic is not over. But in addition to that, you know, changes in challenges in workforce and supply chain, inflation, a whole host of things have really forced us in the healthcare industry to think differently, to do things differently, to leverage things such as technology differently. Um, And while there's a lot of challenge, there's a lot of opportunity. So some of that consolidation or transition may be seen as there are questions about that. But it is part of the evolution of the industry. We are where the automotive industries were about 30 years ago, very much in a state of transition and transformation. And so you know
1: you talk about how the healthcare industry is transitioning is it transitioning towards bigger more consolidated more private practices like what what is the shakeout going on organizationally for for companies
2: I think ultimately it's still to be determined there is a lot of consolidation that is occurring because there are, frankly, a lot of headwinds, a lot of financial challenges, um, a lot of challenges recruiting and retaining, you know, very highly skilled workers, a lot of expectations around technology, a lot of supply chain and inflationary pressures that are out there. I would say all of the above. And we're also seeing new entrants into healthcare that you may not think of right away, the CVSs and Caremarks and Walgreens, et cetera, that really are focusing on patients as consumers. Uh, at Cooley Dickinson, we pride ourselves on keeping patients at the center and providing compassionate, personalized care, focusing on workforce, on access, and on adding value every single day. And those, um, those entities that are really unusual, they focus on patients as consumers, and they think about adding value all the time. We have to continue to do that as an industry.
1: Well, I know that we really appreciate having Cooley Dickinson right here in our neighborhood. And I think that the ways that you've shown up in the pandemic um, have just really made a difference for so many people. And, you know, we're we're at our break right now, but um, we'll be right back. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster. I'm here today with Dr. Lynette Watkins, who is the chief executive officer at Cooley Dickinson Hospital in Northampton. We'll be right back.
0: The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.
1: Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Dr. Lynette Watkins, who is the President and Chief Executive Officer at Cooley Dickinson Hospital in Northampton. We've been hearing how her lengthy background um, in healthcare has brought her from Indiana to, uh, let's see, Massachusetts to Texas and Arizona. Um, I'm so impressed, and um, we're so lucky to have you here in Northampton, Massachusetts now um, as a part of Cooley, Leading Cooley, and we were just listening to the healthcare challenges, um, some of the ways that there are, um, we're having uh, institutional uh, purchases and uh, smaller companies closing, doctor practices closing, and then larger institutions are joining with one another, um, and so, healthcare we've heard throughout the pandemic has really been challenged, and I think that the challenges have not stopped. As you said, the pandemic is still unfolding, um, and we're still having issues around um, coming out of the the pandemic and what is going to happen, what is shaking out. So, you know, what are you seeing, Dr. Watkins, as the biggest challenges right now in healthcare
2: today? So Tara, you're absolutely correct. As you mentioned, we're in a new phase of the pandemic. And as we attempt to emerge, and we are emerging in this new normal, we've been running a marathon at a sprint's pace. And we see that in particular with our workforce. Our workforce is completely committed to providing safe, high-quality care care every single day to every person providing, you know, the the right care, the right place, the right time. But the workforce is, is tired, and we have lost over a million people to COVID across the country. Two to three times that easily are unable to work for various reasons, some of them physical, personal, socioeconomic, et cetera. And for those who are highly skilled and trained, they have not had the clinical experiences, the on-site experiences, and are behind in their matriculation and completion of their, uh, their education. So all that does take a toll, and yet we continue to see and have patients that need care. And the delays in care um, have really sh- um, uh, caused patients to come in who are sicker and they're staying longer. So you have a a workforce that is fatigued, and you have a lot of new entrants into the workforce that may or may not have the clinical expertise or exposure as a normal matriculation of of training would, um, would bear. And you have significant volumes of patients. So Really rebuilding and expanding the workforce is incredibly important and also supporting our caregivers is important too. At Cooley Dickinson, we are committed to taking care of everyone. And as many have heard, you know, it is our mantra that no matter who you are, what you look like, where you live, or who you love, we are here for you. We are committed to that. But we also have to make sure to take care of ourselves, so self-care, wellness, that's incredibly important, and also be able to recruit, retain, develop our staff and leaders, and build the workforce pipeline so that we can continue to provide care in the future. That's a key area that we're focused on, And, and we're very proud that we live in an area where we have a lot of of um, colleagues that we can partner with in order to do so,
1: and so are some of those partnerships coming from the community colleges in terms of pipeline and trying to get people into healthcare.
2: Absolutely, we have uh, partnerships with community colleges, with universities in the area. We're extremely proud of that in a whole host of of roles. Of course, nursing and frontline caregiving but also with additional functions and in positions that support uh, those that care for the caregiver. So it's incredibly important that we continue to develop and expand opportunities um, for roles within the system.
1: And I'm really a fan that you are pushing self care. Um, I think that not only in healthcare, but across the entire nation, people are tired. You know, everyone that I run into is just burnt. Out, They're just toast. Done. Everybody. And whether they, you know, admit it in the first minute that you're talking to them or not, because a lot of them don't, um, you know, I think that that's really important to take time to do self-care. So what does self-care at Cooley look like? Um, Are people, you know, walking in Child's Park or, you know, are you pushing people out the door to go for a walk or...
2: And actually, we do have several members of uh, of Cooley Dickinson that do just that. You know, exercise, taking a pause is incredibly important. Celebration, particularly celebrating successes, is also important. At Cooley, we are constantly committed to doing things even better. And that's what the community deserves. But we also need to take a pause and say, hey, we've done a lot of great things. We've been Leapfrog A for quality and patient safety for seven consecutive periods. We are CMS, Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, five star rating, which only 13, 14% of hospitals across the country achieve. We recently achieved the Leapfrog Top General Hospital Award in 2021. We were awarded by Newsweek as one of the best maternity hospitals in the country. All of this success should be celebrated. And sometimes when we're trying to take care of patients and and take care of ourselves, occasionally that's lost. So one thing that we've worked hard to do and are consistently doing it one day at a time is celebrating successes. I,
1: I'm a big fan of that. If you don't stop and sort of do that, it doesn't get done, especially mm-hmm. from the leadership of an organization. So thank you for doing that. Um, another point that you brought up that I'm curious about is the supply chain issue. That was another thing that we heard throughout COVID that you couldn't get this and you couldn't get that. Is that still an issue today?
2: Uh, less of an issue than it was, you know, in uh, previous phases of the pandemic. Uh, we've been very fortunate uh, that we are part of a larger system, Mass General Brigham. That really was instrumental in making sure that we received, for example, enough uh, personal protective uh, equipment in order to take care of ourselves and our patients. Um, they were very instrumental in um, vaccines and making sure that we got those to our healthcare workers and were able to get it to the community uh, writ large. A whole host of things. We pride ourselves on providing safe, high quality care. That includes careful documentation. We have state-of-the-art electronic medical records in the, uh, it's called EPIC. We would not be able to do that on our own, and it's important that as a part of a larger system that we're able to provide, have those resources to provide great high-quality care.
1: And um, that's one one point (laughs) To talk about, not necessarily right now, but I'll bring it up just because you, talk, you talked about the, um, the EPIC system, the um, electronic medical record system. So it always um, drives me crazy as a patient that it seems so hard to either A, get your medical records, or B, have your medical records be disseminated to other um, organizations. So is it easier now that you're a part of... Brigham to, I mean, Mass Mass General to be able to share that information and get it disseminated a little bit easier or quicker?
2: It it gets easier every day. Epic is a very complex system, and we actually have a team of informaticists that works with, and they're called informaticists. Yeah, I'm, my eyes got really that, big. I'm like, wow, and, I
1: need to write that and, down.
2: And, and many have clinical backgrounds, which is important, that help work with our workforce to, to do that. Additionally, we also have a patient portal that we're continuing to upgrade and advance to make it as easy as possible for the patient to be able to use it as well. Is it perfect? No, I don't think anything is at this point in time, but we continue to improve it and refine it so that it is as much as possible. We have a big focus on access, whether it's through technology in our patient portal or our physical plant. And I know one thing that the community has heard about has been our emergency department renovation. Workforce, access, and adding value. Those are three key themes that we at Cooley are, uh, are focused on. And access, particularly our emergency department, is one that the community has told us, hey, we need to do something about. And we're working very hard on that.
1: Well, I, I appreciate it as someone who has used the ED um, throughout my life. I'm, I'm excited to see that renovation unfold in the coming months and years Um, But we have to take another break. Um, (laughs) Stefan was just about to flash me the card. I could feel it coming. Um, This is Tara Brewster, and you've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here today with Lynette Watkins, Dr. Watkins, who is the president and chief executive officer of Cooley Dickinson Hospital.
0: The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome
1: back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Dr. Lynette Watkins, who is the president and chief executive officer at Cooley Dickinson Hospital in Northampton. We've been talking about... Gosh, a lot of things. Um, the The hospital, all of the um, great awards um, that is so reflective of how the hospital treats their patients and their workforce and their dedication to quality care. Um, I absolutely love the partnership um, that you have, um, and it's your tenth anniversary, right? With that
2: is with correct. MGH, Mass General Brigham, Mass General Brigham, Mass General Brigham,
1: MGB. There's too many acronyms in yes. healthcare. <laughs> I always want to say, um, CHD when it's CDH, that's a confusing one for our area. Um, the center for human development for people that don't know, but, um, I absolutely love, can we talk about the signs for a minute before absolutely. we forget? Absolutely. So nice. They just went up. I don't know if everyone has noticed or not. And probably just as like, what, three months ago they went up six, six very, months ago. Very, yes. Yeah. They're, they're gorgeous. They glow. at night so you can drive by and see. Um, And I just think that partnership is lovely. And it it obviously has enhanced um, what Cooley has been able to do. And so you talked a little bit in the last segment about the emergency department. Yes. And so can we talk about that project a little bit and sort of what the goals are and where the birth of that
2: project came from? Absolutely, Tara. We are incredibly proud. And, And this is one of the uh, one of the reasons why it's wonderful to be a part of Master General Brigham as well, uh, this is uh, approximately a $20 million project that uh, our goal is to break ground mid-summer to add approximately 7,000 square feet to our emergency department. What does that mean? It means the addition of six additional beds. Currently, we are in a pod configuration that will move to a, an oval or racetrack type of configuration. It will mean a bigger waiting area. We talked about wellness a bit. There will be a wellness room there. For our first responders, who are incredibly important in the care of, um, of patients in the community, there will be a dedicated space for them, uh, as well as higher base for them to, um, to back into their um, – uh, their parking spaces and uh, and their rigs as well, which is incredibly important. There are three key principles with uh, with this renovation. One is addition of space, the seven thousand square feet. Second, this in the oval configuration also adds to safety safety for patients in that there is greater line of sight and staff staff safety. so they are seen as well and will also have a bigger, area for our security personnel to be uh, as well. Third, we want to make sure that it is a space that staff like to be in, that they feel that they can be effective and efficient in. And as we talked about before, we have a strong focus on workforce. That means, too, creating an environment where staff want to be able to work and feel like they're able to effectively, efficiently work at the top of their license. So adding space, enhancing safety, and being of uh, an environment that is um, really conducive to staff satisfaction is incredibly key. Additionally, we all realize that there is a major mental health crisis here. And two of these six beds are going to be what we call mixed-use beds where patients who have medical issues and or mental health issues can also be cared for because there are special considerations and configurations that you have to have for those types of rooms. So we are incredibly excited um, regarding the renovation, and our goal is to break ground midsummer. And there's been a a major capital campaign uh, along with us that's moving along very well. And again, we just want to thank the community for all of the support and continue to provide great access and great value when it comes to care for our community every single day.
1: Yeah, I I always see all of the um, the donor uh, notifications and publications that are out. I know you have a lot of um, of campaign supporters, and I thank everyone for doing that. Um, and your development team, I always see them working so hard out for, for Cooley, whether it's for um, the emergency department or the childbirth center renovation. I know um, that is going on as well, too, right?
2: That is going on. And actually, we are in the last stage of or phase of the renovation. There were are six phases and we are starting phase six, which is renovation of the nursery We've renovated the labor and delivery rooms and refreshed those. Um, the important part regarding renovation of the nursery is to allow moms and babies to stay together and, and babies who maybe need a little bit more care, some, a bit more of um, intravenous fluids and, and medications, to stay right here versus being transferred elsewhere. That's important for that bonding time, which is incredibly important. And again, we heard from our patients in our community. There are lots of coolie babies out there. It's one of the, the great things that we are known for. And we want to continue to provide that great service, that great experience, as much as we can. We will continue to do things safely. But what we can do, we will continue to do well and provide a great patient and family experience.
1: Well, I'm a coolie baby. And I almost wore my Cooley shirt, but I didn't. I'm sure there's a lot of really cool tie-dye shirts floating around out there. Um, if you're on phase six, I'm, that was probably around phase one or two of the <laughs> campaign. But um, I absolutely love the I Love um, a Cooley Baby or I Am a Cooley Baby campaign. It was very smart. Um of whoever came up with that for Cooley. So congratulations to that. And as someone who was not only born at Cooley, um, I delivered both of my children there and had a really great experience. So Maddie and Charlie wanted me to let you know that they are both Cooley babies and I'm very excited about it. (laughs) So thank you for that. Um, I think it's, it's really important and it's really important to have a comprehensive campaign that people really understand that from birth to end of life care, um, and everything in between that, that you're here for the community. Um, and so something else I wanted to talk about that you mentioned, um, was, you know, folks putting off their care, you know, I know that that was a really, really ongo- big ongoing concern from the pandemic. People didn't want to go anywhere. They didn't want to go into hospitals. They didn't feel safe. So has that really created a backlog of issues for healthcare now, for Cooley now, having to see people or not having the time to see everybody? You know, is it sort of like a big uh, floodgate now that's opened with all of the people that need
2: care? So those are great questions, Tara. And I would say that we have seen, due to in part delays in care, patients that are coming in who are sicker with more advanced disease and staying longer, requiring more intensive care. So the message that I would like to to leave with you and your audience is if there is an issue, seek care. We are here to take care of the community, and we work hard every day to provide access, whether it's in our clinics or in our urgent cares, our emergency department or acute care facility, and we have a a post-acute footprint here in the community. Our visiting nurse and hospice uh, teams are excellent, but it's important not to delay care. We are open to taking taking care of everyone. We realized that in previous phases of the pandemic, when we were uncertain as to what the virus was, how it was transmitted, there were a lot of questions and concerns. And there were decisions that were made that were entirely appropriate at the time. That being said, we are seeing the after effects of that And it's important and incumbent upon us to move forward and to take care of each other. But please know that Cooley is here to take care of the community. So please seek care.
1: And I think it goes back to putting the oxygen mask on yourself first. You know, how can you care for for anyone else if you're not caring for yourself? And I know that sometimes people get scared because they know something's wrong and they don't want to go. And so they delay it even more. And then when they finally go, it's much worse than it could have been or or should have been um, back in the day. So so yes, please go and get your care. Um, go to Cooley, get checked, get all your lab stuff done. There's no reason not to, right? Um, you make it really easy and you have so many different places that you can do that. It's not just at the main campus, at the hospital, um, but you have a lot of different primary care and specialty care, lab centers, rehabilitation services, and urgent care throughout the Pioneer Valley.
2: Absolutely, and we are continued we are committed to providing care across the care continuum from birth to death and everywhere in between. And
1: I do love um, V&A Hospice. Uh, Shelly Lynn is a good friend of mine at the Garden. And um, from someone who had a parent loss early on, I really appreciate that program. So thank you. It's time for another break. This is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. My guest today is Dr. Lynette Watkins, who is a president and chief executive officer at Cooley Dickinson Hospital in Northampton. We'll be right back.
0: The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.
1: Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Dr. Lynette Watkins, who is the President and Chief Executive Officer at Cooley Dickinson Hospital in Northampton. And we've been talking about so so many things. It's been such a lively conversation, and I appreciate you so much for being here. Um, so, you know, I have, a, I have another question for you around health equity, social determinants of health. Um, you know, a lot of... Uh, healthcare providers, a lot of organizations are talking about partnership and access and sort of how we reach more people and what that looks like. Uh, is healthcare really determined by the life that you lead or is it determined by other things that don't necessarily have anything to do, quote unquote, air quotes, with healthcare? Um, so, what are the findings coming out of the pandemic and, and what's happening now in healthcare around that conversation?
2: Tara, that's a great question. And historically in healthcare, we've been focused on treatment of disease versus prevention and wellness. That is really coming to the fore now. And COVID has been the great unmasker of a whole host of issues that are upon us or will be upon us. And and that is key, that lack of access to food, to Housing to a whole host of things that really affect the wellness and well being of us as individuals is in- incredibly, incredibly important. I have heard a lot of um, uh, influential individuals uh, in various industries talk about food as medicine. That's incredibly important. It's a powerful statement, it's one that I believe in. And access to great food to healthy food, to housing, to um, you know security, it, it's all important. All of those things impact the overall health of an individual. That's why, and I'm very proud to say that as a, being a part of Mass General Brigham, uh, that Cooley Dickinson and Mass General Brigham believe strongly in this. It's a part of our community health initiatives, one of many that are focused on the social determinants of health. We have been incredibly proud of the grant that uh, we made to the Food Bank of Western Massachusetts of $500,000 to uh, advance food security in this area because it's incredibly important. We talked about access as well. And it's important that we, Cooley Dickinson, in an area that's becoming more diverse, that um, we want to embrace Uh, Again, no matter where you are, who you look like, how you speak, what language you speak, or who you love, that you are able to access our great services here, then it's important that we provide those resources in a fashion that people can access to them, uh, access them. It's incredibly, incredibly important. We also have to be mindful that we have a diversity of population here. One example of that is our emergency department renovation, and even with that, we have identified that it's important that as our our population here becomes older that we have special things, for example, in our ED to cater to patients who are um, are in the geriatric ages and may need Softer lighting may have special things that our, our providers may need to inquire about, such as multiple medications, may need to make sure that um, we are watching out and helping to prevent falls and, and other things. So, that's incredibly important. So, you know, when it comes to social determinants of health and really um, promoting health equity across race, gender, sexual orientation, and others that. We are very cognizant of that and that we're committed to supporting um, health equity. Also, as part of Mass General Brigham, Cooley Dickinson is part of the United Against Racism campaign. And what does that mean? It, it means really representing and recruiting, retaining a community that looks like the one that we serve. It also means providing um, equitable healthcare and realizing in different specialties that we have to understand systemic and implicit bias and that we try and pull that out of any sort of care or treatment plans that are there. So there are a whole host of initiatives that are specialty specific, some that also involve access, and I'm proud to say as an example of our commitment to health equity that we have qualified language interpreters bilingual interpreters to help patients who, for example, English is not their primary language, to be able to understand and access care in our facilities. So we are very much committed to health equity. Well, I appreciate that.
1: That was that was a lot of great information about Cooley, and and a lot more than I thought. I'm excited to hear about the Food Bank of Western Mass partnership. I feel like um, that is just an amazing opportunity to think about how food comes into the community, how it's being accessed, how it's being disseminated, how food really is. The nurturing base you know if you're not eating mm-hmm. healthy food every day what does that do to your overall health and how is that preventative of having more and more people come into the hospital and need care for either malnourishment or mistreatment of your body or or whatever and I absolutely love the fact that that Cooley is committed to seeing people as they are you know meeting people where they're at and and having a non-judging lens um, I think for so many of us in the world, there has been a lot of bias and discrimination and judgment across all different sectors, whether it's housing or health care, education. And these things don't operate in silos like a lot of people thought that they did pre-pandemic. I mean, a lot of these things have been coming together and people have been seeing them for what they are. And they're not
2: that, right. you know, they're all interconnected. Right. And you've made a great statement that Cooley works hard to see people and take care of people where they are. And another example of that is our focus on veterans. We have a great initiative that was just launched called the Just Ask campaign. And what does that mean? It means that we proactively ask if there are patients, there are individuals coming through our facilities who are veterans. Why is that important? Because veterans have special issues that we need to be cognizant of whether it's traumatic brain injury, PTSD, exposures to Agent Orange, other issues, we need to make sure that we are identifying and taking special care of our very special patient population.
1: I also wanted to say um, one more thing, and this is just a quick shout out to Kama Ennis um, and her Faces of Medicine project, which I came across this past year. And I know Dr. Ennis um, was or is a doctor at Cooley in the emergency room. And just um, I absolutely love that project and wanted just to give a shout out to you and to to Cooley for um, sort of being able to nurture someone like Dr. Ennis um, at the hospital.
2: Thank you. And Dr. Ennis is a, a pillar in the medical community and in the Pioneer Valley and a trailblazer. And her focus on health equity, particularly with the Board of Registration in Medicine, is incredibly important and really highlighting um, uh, health equity across the continuum is important. And we continue to celebrate her.
1: Well, I'm I'm celebrating you and I'm celebrating Cooley. I think that uh this doesn't happen in a silo, and you know it's your tenth anniversary. So what are we what are we looking forward to in 2023 and beyond from you?
2: Well, over the next several months, we are celebrating this partnership in a whole host of ways. Whether it's the Masteral Cancer Center at Cooley Dickinson, um our renovation projects, teleneurology, stroke. Or being just being a part of and having access to world class healthcare, number one in hospital research and access to that graduate medical education and outstanding clinical care, we continue to celebrate that partnership in a whole host of events. Over I can't the next wait. Year.
1: You know I love events. So You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. This is Tara Brewster. and I'd also like to thank Greenfield Savings Bank, who is my employer, also a sponsor of this show. Lynette, you are also on the board of directors. Thank you for that. We need you um, and more on that board. Thank you for being there. Also to George O'Brien and his team at Business West. Thank you for uh, sponsoring and supporting the show. Dr. Lynette Watkins, we've been listening to you, talking to you today. Thank you so much for being here. You're the president and chief executive officer at Cooley Dickinson in Northampton. We couldn't do it without you. Thanks so much. Thank you.
0: The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.